Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So uh, thank you for watching The Bar. Breaking news, acquisitions, research and funding. Ryan and I go through different stories that we saw this week. And uh, we kind of bat them around and kind of put, lay in a little bit of opinions, of analysis, and uh, it's fun. So uh, let's get started. Uh, Ryan, the first thing that I would like to talk about, I love when uh, great marketers get new jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Knight Ludvigson, I'm probably not saying her last name uh, totally correctly, but I've known her for a long time because she's been at Unit for Topia, Reflective, Zendesk, SAP, SuccessFactors, Cisco. She's been in the industry for a long time. She's a really sophisticated marketer. Um, Culture Amp just brought her on board. And uh, I think that puts the entire engagement space on notice. And uh, I think it's just a wonderful hire. She's a really, really nice person and super, super great at what she does. All right. So I do not know her, but I wish her well. Yes, you will. I, I think she'll do well. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's she's done well everywhere she's been, so she'll be fine. Yeah. All right. So, what search engine do you use most to search? Well, I'm actually asking I mean, you the question. It's not Ask Jeeves. Okay, so that's out. Um, that was a good one, though. I'm not gonna lie. I know, right? I had to bring it Alta Vista. I had to bring it back. The yeah. uh, well, Google has now become the term. We Google something. We don't yeah. search for something. We Google. We, Google it. we don't Yahoo. We don't Yahoo it or Bing it. Right. Even though Microsoft keeps wanting us to bang things, yeah, we yeah. don't. We so Google would you it. ever so cold turkey just say goodbye, Google, hello, Bing? Uh, no. 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 And, okay. and, and people have tried, even with like Safari and some other types of things, they've tried yeah. to get me to switch browser. I'm like, uh, dude, they've already, they, this is what they do. This is what they do really well. Like, no, nah, not, not changing until something uh, new comes along. Yeah. So, all right. So, First thing I want to talk about is Google. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, because I'm talking about Google. So right. they've got a competitor on the market, man. It's, uh, no and it is, it is, it is Bing. Um, so there's a lot of competitors, right? But I think Google right. has about 80%-ish, right? They got about 80% of the actual search market. But right. Bing, who's been just getting their wazoo kick forever, right? They're right. back. They're they're here. And here here's what's happening. So... OpenAI uh, receives a ton of support financially from Microsoft. Right. right? They, they're, they're almost like brother and sister uh, at this point, right? But it's, it's almost like it's at this point they are becoming big, right? And so what was interesting, there's a, there's a lot of articles and, and features on this. The war for talent, right? So we make jokes about this in recruiting. We talk about it all the time. It's yep. the war for talent. Yep. This is actually going to be or is already a war for talent between these two companies. So two two of the and, and so these hires happened back in, I think it was October, November. It was November, November of twenty-three. But now it's becoming a, a thing 
in 24. And Bing is now going to be releasing some things, right? It's backed by a open AI and it's got all this stuff. But anyway, they made two two big hires that I that I wanted to to bring up. And I'm gonna take a look here. So Todd Underwood. So okay. Todd Underwood created and led the ML site reliability team at Google. And Richard Ho, who was one of the leaders in the chip engineering, both have been brought over to smart right uh, and so and so i i the this is going back and forth now so it's yeah. interesting for me because it's it's not directly right this isn't a talent acquisition thing right yeah but i i think this is interesting to to follow uh the the hiring or the stealing of talent back and forth between these two uh well this is sure what you do when you, you want to when you want to jump start your innovation you can jumpstart in a lot of different ways. Like when Amazon really wanted to figure out distribution, they hired uh, Walmart's distribution team. Right. Right. And you see a lot of people going back and forth between SAP and Oracle and Workday, et cetera. They, they go back and forth. What those folks are, are doing is they're basically saying, we have a problem in this particular area. We'd like to be more innovative in this particular area. We could, we could do it a lot of different. We could fund it. Or we could just go hire a gal or a guy to then come in and kind of get us up to speed right. with where they are. Uh, there's a really interesting kind of ethical and moral and even legal part of that that we probably won't touch on during this bar. But, but you know, again, what can they actually say and not say when they're in that new job is really right. also kind of interesting. But I like it. I, I mean, first of all, competition's good. If if Google wants to be our default browser, which they do, um, then they're going to have to earn that no. trust. They've done it for years, but that doesn't just because you've done it for years doesn't mean you gotta you're guaranteed. Going. That's right. You got to keep innovating. Yeah. So key. So fun fun fact. You you mentioned Amazon when Amazon wanted to build yeah. essentially what is the if not the largest, one of the largest logistics companies in the world at, right. at this point. I was with Conexa at the time when they were doing that. And we were working with them to essentially hire what you call just drivers, couriers, essentially, right. to right. run that operation. And that just fell miserably. Not just for connection, but I mean, it felt miserably for, for Amazon, right? They still actually use, they use a model of that today. Um, but you're right. They brought in a team or people from from Walmart who yeah. already had this in place. And uh, but it's just fun fact because that was that was. And they did the same thing with DHL account. and FedEx and a bunch mm -hmm. of other players. I mean, again, it's they're they're still going to build their own bit. Amazon in this case, and so will Microsoft. It's not like they're going to just yeah. go and cut and copy what Google did. They're going to try to improve what Google did. Right. I mean, that's that's the that's the real juice is to take some of that talent and bring it over and say, okay, make us better than what you were doing at previous go. Not, I mean, we don't want to just be like Google. We want to be better than Google. And I think Bing is going to, in any competitor in that situation, is going to not just be as good. They're going to have to prove that they're better for right. us to trust them. And that, that's okay. They'll do it. They'll get there. They're Microsoft. You know, don't bet against them, turns out. Um, all right, article that I, I ran across, antagonistic AI, which automatically got my uh, juices 
flowing a little bit because I'm like, all right, this is cool. Most AI uh, models are moral models. So that's like when I wrote my obituary using ChatGPT, it was good. And then I wanted to write it with Richard Pryor's voice. And it wouldn't do it because it's like, no, that's talking about death. We can't make fun of death. Where What this article is at, it's uh, arxiv.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it what it really talks about is building building large language models and building AI to actually antagonize us. So ask us questions that we're not, that they that we don't want to answer. Argue with us. Tell us the baby's ugly. It's a cool way to think of of helping us with the hard things in life. And so you know you want AI to be able to answer your questions like okay done, and you want to be able to it for it to do things for you. But there's a hole in that, in that when do you need to be kind of slapped across the forehead and go like, hey, that's a dumb idea, or something that then prompts you to then think differently about something. So I really like the idea, and it's just that it's, it's nascent phase, because most of the AI that's built out there is again, uh, it's, it's moral on some level or another. Uh, so I think just kind of keeping an eye out for that to see where some of these models take us and also push us into some uncomfortable places. Yeah. So you mentioned baby. You said baby somewhere yeah. in there. I, and so baby's ugly. You know, I'm not having another baby, but I do have a story about baby. However, yes. <laughs> However, I got a story. Upwards. You ever hear of Upwards? The company Upwards? Course, it was yeah. Um, yeah. We, we Care. W-E-E Care, right. right? Right. So they just raised Series B, 21 million Series B. To okay. scale childcare, and so I saw this. I saw this the other day, and I thought to myself, "Okay, that's awesome, right? Kudos for for them." But then I've really got thinking, "Why? Like, what's going on with this? Like, like why is this big, right? In in right. In, in this space?" And so, you know, as I as I started to think more about it, I just thought about you know our own situation when we had younger ones going growing right. up and. You know, and in finding childcare, being able to afford childcare, all of the above, right? Like it's ridiculously expensive. Um, so anyhow, that's what these guys do. They match families with affordable childcare. They provide that as a service, obviously th- through the tech, right? They, the employers right. provide it as a service, right. right? But what I really, what I really found, it, which I didn't know they did, which I really found interesting here, is that they have emergency daycare so backups so your oh, child care provider backs out for the day or whatever that right. is where your, your school's closed they work with you to go and find a backup in your local area right so they handle this for the company and, and i just thought it was such an amazing thing That's right? like, yeah yeah so let me i want to read some of these benefit. yeah so i wanted to read some of these stats off here because sure. i didn't realize this and i'm sure a lot of other people don't more than half of working parents, so specific numbers, 58%. So 58%, more than half of working parents were forced to leave their jobs in 2022 because they couldn't have, they didn't have or couldn't find affordable childcare that made sense for them to right. work. And you can find childcare, but it wasn't affordable enough because it cost more than it, you were making, right? Um, so childcare issues cost employers more than $23 billion annually due to loss of productivity and employee turnover. They call it absenteeism. 
because I couldn't come in today. Right. Because I had Which to pick up my kid. Yeah. yeah. Productivity issue. Yeah. It's a, I didn't realize it was that that had that much of an effect on, on the employee. Well, population. think about the employee experience as well. I mean, like, sure. let's just let's get past the productivity. Productivity is pretty easy to solve that algebra because the, the, the more a person works, especially as more zoned in they are to work, the more productive they are, the more you kind of get what you pay for and maybe even yep. more than you pay for, et cetera. But, it, but if you think about the experience, the employee experience, like why would I work at this place over another place? Right. I think that's brought all the way out into recruiting. I think it's a nice way to just say, hey, we care. We get, you get it. We get it. You have kids. We've got kids. Everybody's got kids. All right, here's the deal. You know, there's going to be the occasion that uh, your your normal care just doesn't show up, can't show up, et cetera. Life happens. Uh, we've got a We've got a provider that this is what they do. Uh, as a candidate, I'm listening. As a yeah. an employee, uh, that's potentially a reason to stay. Yeah. All right. I found uh, this article on hrexecutive.com, and I found it interesting because the title "Layoffs That Are Virtual Go That Go Viral: What to Do and How to Manage." So it just got me thinking about okay, the the idea of layoffs aren't going to I mean, we're going to continue to have layoffs. Layoffs happen. That's just part of life. Uh, but because people are remote, in different countries otherwise, because people are remote, we can't contain the story like we could in a building. Uh, and, and so like that, that's, it really kind of gets you to rethink, okay, letting people go, and you have to do it virtually, so over Zoom or something like that. So how do you... How do you do that and do it in, a, in, in such a way that there it's humane and there's no reason for that person, legitimate reason for that person to, to create something that would go viral. So it, it forces a rethink, a rethink that up in the air approach to George yeah. Clooney movie uh, and, and just think about layoffs differently than we did before. You know, and when we did riffs before, you know, there's this process. And you know, legals involved, etc. And so that's kind of kind of straightforward. But you're laying off someone in Great Britain. They're six hours uh, ahead of you, and you have a Zoom call. That <laughs> they're on Twitter, yeah. they're on TikTok, or they're videotaping. I mean, that was the one I, I watched. Actually, it was a, a person was uh, a woman was being let go, and she videotaped the entire experience. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. like, I don't understand why you're not giving me the answers to why. and all of it is on video. I'm like, oh, this is a nightmare. So, for the audience, just just think about the way that we do layoffs. I mean, first of all, even if it wasn't virtual, how can we be more humane in human resources? How can we be more humane? And mm-hmm. when when there's this transition, because to say that the transitions will never happen, that's that's just not that's just not life there's going to be right. times when people get laid off but how can we do it in a better way and maybe take some of the sting out of it etc so that's how, how, do you, but how, how do you how do you do that how do, how do you if, if you're letting go of 400 people mm-hmm. and you're 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 a remote company how do you do yep. that I think the thing is, is you take, uh, for me, you, you take the shock out of it and you take the, the next steps 
out of it for them. Be like, like you again. It's going to come as a shock, but it doesn't have to come as a shock. And so, so some of this is actually some pre-planning where you communicate, hey, things are really difficult for us right now. We are going to have a, a round of really, really difficult decisions coming up. Like communicating it well in advance. Four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. Okay, the week of. That way, it's like if if you're one of those 400 people, yes, you're. Un, it's unfortunate, but it's not like you didn't know. It's the you, so you take the surprise element out of it. Secondly, I think you know everything has been thought of in terms of their next steps. Hey, listen, right. here's what we're doing with your with your with, in terms of offboarding. Okay, we're not worried about your key. We're not worried about your login and all that stuff. We've got all that stuff covered. We care more about you updating your LinkedIn profile and you working with one of our resume consultants and one of our recruiters to then get you placed. And right. it's like in in divorce, not divorce, but what I hear of it, the faster that a person one of the one of the spouses gets married is the easier the transition of divorce. Meaning if you get divorced and your wife gets married two years later, that's two years of pure hell. But then after that, not as much. Because yeah, she's on That's the same thing with employees. The faster you can as a company get them to their next thing, their next greatest opportunity, it's not with you, but it's with someone else. Right. Then then their happiness goes up and they're less vengeful and there's less negativity around you because right. they're on to their next, they're next on to their next greatest adventure. They're not thinking about mm -hmm. you at that point. And companies don't right. think about that. They, they don't plan for that. They just, you know, we got to let out 400 employees. All right, let's get a zoom call. And it's like mm -hmm. shock and awe. And there's no real right. thought process to like, okay, by the way, here are all the 19 things that we're going to do to make sure you land softly. And there's plenty of software behind that that can handle 100%. that in this in this space. All right, so higher right. We all know yeah. higher right. These guys have, uh, they, they've just hit the Powerball. A <laughs> uh, uh, little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Um, some could say that it was, it, was, it was needed. They weren't doing wonderful. Others will say it's fantastic. But they've been acquired. Right. So higher, higher, I must call it higher ball. Higher right has been hired, acquired, sorry, for $1.65 billion. That's, that's with a B. 1.65 billion. That's, that's big. Um, so they announced that today uh, that they've entered into a definitive agreement to be acquired by the investment fund, uh, General Atlantic and Stone Point Capital. These are the two that were previously uh, within. They, they've, think it was back in um, November, December timeframe when they first, when it first came, came out. Um, right. Right. But it was non-binding. Now it's official. Um, and so number one, I didn't realize they were this big. 30, say 37,000 customers globally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were one of the first. I, yeah. I, I guess I just never realized how big they actually were. Oh yeah. That's, well, that's pretty big. And, and then getting back to some of the things we've seen both in, in some of our VARFs before, they've never really had great marketing. Uh, no offense to, to anyone that's worked there in marketing. Well, it's, it's background checking. It wasn't sexy until recently. A hundred percent. Now, no. so that everyone, you know, first of all, don't bet against General Atlantic uh, as a, as a PE no. firm. There's that. 
two, that's for 75% uh, of their shares. Right. So the full, the actual money that's, that is still, they still, they're still 25% still owned by right. the public market, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about the play outside of the acquisition, just being a great acquisition, is SaaS players over the last couple of years have become SaaS plays. These background screening plays have become SaaS plays. When you and I were in that game, yeah. they were kind of one and done. You hired them to do the pre pre employment background check, and then you, you know, didn't ever have to talk to them again. But because all of them have gotten into monitoring and employee monitorings, they've gotten into the enterprise. Mm-hmm. They become true SaaS players, which means their revenue is predictable. It's uh, it's you know MRR and ARR, etc. So. What I don't know, and, and what I couldn't kind of discern from kind of the reading, was is this a cash flow play? Is 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 are the are the funding agents just kind of they're just going to just they're just gonna, they're just they they bought the cash flow? Are they going to take them private uh, and clean up the debt like what Kronos did? You know, they they basically uh, Ceridian did the same thing. They took them private, cleaned up the debt, kind of refreshed the brand, refreshed the tech, and then took them public again. So I don't, I mean, I can't tell and, you know, not on the inside, of course. So I don't know if this is just a, we're going to hold it and it just spits off a ton of cash. Great. Everybody wins. Or are they going to, is there a, a different strategy that's, that's, uh, they're, they're, they're not going to tell us. No, we'll um, find know, out. If, yeah. If they delist, yes. Okay. Then we clear indicator. Mm-hmm. They delist. We know what they're going to do. We know that model. Uh, but I, I love the, first of all, I love the acquisition and I would not bet against General Atlantic. And I love the space. The space has just been, yep. I mean, the last couple of years has been ridiculous. And I, and I, I mean, I don't know if that's a COVID thing, post COVID right. thing, but it's, it's, it's really been on the rise and it's, it's no longer just how you're a background check company. Like they've yep. got, but like, we'll, we'll talk, we can go to, we can jump in the pharma, right. With their recent, uh, their recent announcement on their TikTok play. Yeah. Right. Like, just now, they're not running background checks on TikTok, of course, but they right. are monitoring. They're monitoring social, right? They're mitigating yep. that risk. I mean, it's everywhere. They're doing, you know, and then kudos to Fama for, for kicking that out. I'm curious to see how that, I haven't seen it yet. I know we will. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so excited no, for that. Well, it, it's, it's, a, it's social listening and social screening is, has been around for a little while, yeah. but this is taking it to a different level and a different medium. Because yeah. again, you're, it's all about mitigating risk. If you've got if you've got somebody on TikTok, let's use that as the for example, mm-hmm. and they're just blasting brands after one after another, Verizon <laughs> this and AT and T that, and Macy's right. this. Like they're just that's their bit on TikTok. I'm going to bash brands. I had a bad experience. I'm going to tell yep. the world. Um, that might not be a great. That might not make for a great employee. I mean, I'm not saying it Turns would out. or wouldn't. But you should know. Right. I think that's the the argument for social listening and social screening is that you should know whether or not you make that and that becomes a part of your decision tree or not. You should at least know that these yeah. things are happening. Well, and I, I think um, that's where that's where things get a little mucky, a little murky. There, at what point is Big Brother watching? Is it too much? And I hope a lot. I hope a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, and I, I, and I think it's just a world and we were just having this conversation yesterday on, on a different show. I yeah. mean, it's just part of life at this point. 
right? Like the recorders are there. Like you can, you, you, can opt, you can opt out. You can opt out. You can, you can I mean, opt out. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski skull. You could just go get a shack in the mountains and get off the grid and not have a driver's license, <laughs> not pay taxes. I don't and, mind being monitored. I, I want better ads. I'm, I'm like on the other end. Like I yeah. want you to really know me so well that you don't put dumb shit in front of me. Yeah. Like, so I don't need it, you know, on my Instagram feed. I don't need tampon ads. I'm good. I'm solid <laughs> there. Don't need that. I, if that ta- if that means that you're listening to every conversation I'm having, fantastic. Yeah. I'm not doing anything that's, that that would worthy uh, that would be worthy of like the FBI or the CIA or any of that type right. of stuff. So right. why would right. I care? I just want my ads to be better, more targeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my thing. Um, on the acquisition front, the uh, the last one I think uh, that we have on the list today is Hi Bob acquiring a payroll automation platform, Pinto. Yeah. And uh, so Hi Bob. So for for everyone, Hi Bob, wonderful Hi. company. Hi Bob is the name of the company. Bob is the name of the product. Yeah. And their acquisition deepens their payroll capabilities. And uh, I fully expect more from HiBob in terms of acquisitions. I just think they're a wonderful company and they've just got a lot of momentum. And I could just see them making going on an acquisition spree. And we wake up one day and they're a global play, payroll provider and they're competing with all kinds of the, the folks that we know and love. But pay yeah. attention to this payroll, this this acquisition in Pinto, because Pinto already had a good brand. Uh, and they bought, so they bought a company with good tech. I would say great tech and a great brand. And adding it to uh, to Bob, I think, is just yeah. really, really smart play for them. Good work. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so Pinto is not a, it's not a massive company. Mm, no, no, not a massive company. And so, so curious to see, and, and we'll see this soon enough, how yeah. they're going to bring it in. Is this going to be standalone? Are they going to just offer it to their, to their customers or how, however it's going to work? We're, we're going to see that pretty soon. And, and, you know, you mentioned their name, Bob. Mm-hmm. I think it was last fall that I learned that for the first time after all of these years, I've right. called it Hi Bob. Yeah, which is the company name. It's just Bob. Yeah, no, yeah. The company name, <laughs> the, the the company name is Hi Bob. Yeah, that's that the LLC or the C Corp mm-hmm. or whatever, and the product is Bob. Yeah, and I think no. we talked to the marketer actually. We, I think that's what I learned. That I was just like, yeah, well then, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. All righty, uh, I got another one. If you're ready, yeah, let's do it. Because you're a part of Gen X, Ryan, and I know you're proud to be a Gen Xer. Oh, wait, wait. Let's define Gen X the, the ages because I think <laughs> yesterday I was called no, no. a Zennial. Yeah, is that really a thing? Not sure. Anyhow, so here's the title. Here's here's the top. Here's the title they got me. Gen Xers expected to keep working longer than they planned. And we'll be the first generation to go into retirement with less financial security than their parents and grandparents. So we have something to look mm-hmm. forward to. I agree with that. We're, we're, we're going to work longer. And yeah. when we get into retirement, we're going to have less stability. And that's at Fortune yeah. uh, Fortune Magazine, Fortune.com. You can find that. It's Gen X working longer. Uh, now, for me, what, what's fascinating, for sort of just the title alone, it's like, okay, you're going to work longer. And, oh, by the way, you're going to go into retirement with less. Oh, okay. Good news. <laughs> Great to hear. Good, good news. However, from a work perspective, 
the the working longer part got me to think about how a couple of years ago we started we talked about how do we work with aging boomers mm-hmm. do we work with a part-time how do we transition some of that knowledge etc so i think that, i think it's actually a nice thing to think about in in hr and even in training and development is okay we need to be thinking about gen x in the same way they're going to be around a lot longer you know, mm-hmm. for 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 Gen Z, for Gen Z and for millennials, they're gonna wish we were gone. Check. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah. it turns out our circumstances are so horrible. We're gonna be around a lot longer. Not only do you have to get used to that, but maybe figure out how to leverage that as right. as a as a talent machine. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. It's it's um, I, I, you listen you listen to these gurus, I'll call them, right online. And they say you're 45. You're you've got you've got 40 years left. And what, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I know. Like, yeah. Are you already Barely have four weeks. No, no. Like, Come on. Clearly, yeah. I mean, you know, but but then I look at. I, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't think we are going to be better off than our parents were. And I, well, I, I think that's becoming pretty evident now. Yes. As we're getting older. Right. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm 45, right? I, I've got plenty of time left, but I would say, I mean, I was expecting 20 years of work left and I look uh, at it now and I'm like, you probably got 30 to 35 years. Of work. See, I've, I've, okay. So my, my bit has been for years, uh, I'll never retire. I'm going to die like at my computer, probably. In, in this, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to die. Yeah. Well, we used to call it die in the fields. That was the that was the mm-hmm. bit we said you're just gonna die in the field. Um, I haven't changed any of that mentality. I yeah. just think that you know, first of all, uh, because in my own personal life, I've seen people age so fast yeah. when they stop working. Yeah, it's just like the clock speeds up uh, for their death, and it's you like know, you know what, what? Else you, what else are you gonna do? You've been working for forty years. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I like to work. So, like, yeah. why would I take that away from myself? Like, I actually enjoy. But I think for the talent leaders out there, I think yeah. the thing is, is start thinking and start planting the seeds with your team. I'm like, all right, they're going to be around a lot longer. We can't kick them out. They've got nowhere else to go. How do we how do we leverage this? This is a leverageable yeah. moment. It's actually, from a talent perspective, it means you're going to have access to this experienced talent for a lot longer than you normally would have. Uh, so it's a, it's a good thing from that perspective. If you mm-hmm. think of it in advance and you start programmatically building things to leverage that generation. Right. I got another one. If you're ready, let's do it. What do you got? All right. Here's leaders. This, this is quotes. Sorry. I'll do air quotes. Uh, leaders evaluate, uh, evaluate generative AI, but few use it. <laughs> so, this is I, fantastic. That makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense, but you all got to go look at this research report. It's at russellreynolds.com, and it's what are leaders actually doing about generative AI. Anyhow, uh, I looked at it, and it's, first of all, a great report. A lot of really, really, really great stats in there. And, you know, followed in the, uh, the folder of do as I say and not as I do. Um, but I think what I, what I really got out of the report was I think generative AI is really intimidating to most leaders, if not all leaders. Mm-hmm. And so this where to start, how do I use it, where do I find out more, I, I think the gap 
between the hype and usage could grow even further if we don't train leaders on all things AI, but generative right. AI in particular. So I think there's a training for those that care about training and development, learning and development, et cetera. I think that there's a wonderful opportunity to start thinking about, okay, we can just expect them to use it. Like we did this with social uh, years ago yeah. when CEOs and leadership really wasn't in social. You saw this movement, a lot of training, internal training, external mm -hmm. training on how to use Facebook, how to use LinkedIn, how to use Twitter, how to do this. Yeah. Uh, and some of it, yep, was just as bad as it sounds like as, as I said it. However, it lowered the barrier to then people for people to access it and go, oh, okay, I get right. it. All right, I'll, I'll use it this way. But I, I get yeah. what you're saying and I get the importance of it. And I think yeah. we're going to have to do that with, with AI. I, I would love to. I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of these conversations. We're and we're part of some of them, of course. But yeah. I, I want to. I really want to understand what leaders are thinking about when they're talking about this. Um, in the conversation we were having yesterday um, was it yesterday? No, a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago um, on Gen AI, and it was, you know, it's it's. This isn't, we're not talking about writing a blog posting, right? right? We're not talking about saying, write me a LinkedIn um, uh, posting or an article right. or something. Right. We're, we're talking about like, like building and automating and running your HR function, right? Scaling your HR function in a way that's, that's obviously effective, cost efficient, creates a good experience, like all of these things, right? Like it's upskilling and reskilling and all this stuff. Is, is involved. It's a real conversation. And it's, it's some of the, yeah, I mean, the, these, the leaders are lost and they should be, it's, it's relatively new in our, in our, in our space. Um, that said, they need to get on it, right? right? They need to get on it. And there's, there's plenty of, of, I mean, the, the big, the big company, we're talking Oracle, SAP, all the, yes, they're there. They got it right. Like they, they're already doing this stuff. They can just work with them. You're going to get a sales pitch, of course, but they're also going to be a partner to you. They can be very resourceful for you. They have very smart people that are building the, I think these work I think it's, you know, thinking about it is because AI move, is moving so fast, generative AI is moving so yeah. fast. They just announced videos being produced by generative AI and things mm -hmm. like that. Like, okay, it's going to, it's just, you blink and there's something new that's happening in generative AI. I totally get it. Yeah. So, it's even faster than social when social first kind of came about like, okay, you could talk to somebody about, okay, here's how to leverage Twitter. And that learn, if you will, would mm -hmm. last a year, maybe, maybe two years. You could kind of do the same things. Okay. Make sure that you do this and don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. But generative I Moore's law, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, blink. And uh, the next week you've got to be thinking, be able to think about generative AI in a different way. And so, yeah. again, expecting leaders, we're really talking about leaders in this particular instance, but we could easily be talking about employees and, yeah. and all that. But they're going to need our support. They're going to need us to then be able to say, okay, here's what's going on with innovative things in Gen AI once a week. Once a week, getting some type of thing that basically says, this is how we should be thinking about this now, not as opposed to you know, six weeks ago or even uh, right. two months ago, whatever. Like, this is this is something new. Okay, how do we adapt this and how do we use this and how do we leverage this, et cetera. So, great report. 
I mean, there's, I, okay. there's tons of nuggets in there. It's just that's the thing that got me was like, okay, they're interested, but they're not using. They don't know how to use it yet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think that's what I we got, got today. Oh, you know? no. Oh. But wait, there's you, more. You are just a bucket of knowledge, and here I no, thought no, it was, no, I was no, going to, yeah. No, no, no. Can't watch all football right. today because football's over. So Over? No, that's, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, so I got three things. One is ran across a report from Deloitte, and most of the things that come out of Deloitte are really good, especially when it deals with human capital things. So it was, how do you thrive in a boundless world? I'm like, huh, I don't know how I thrive in a boundless world. So it's, it's, a, it's a report called the 2024 Global Human Capital Trends Research Report, and okay. it's at Deloitte's website, so you can find it there. It's free. You don't have to log in. You don't have to do any of that stuff. It's chock full. It's 122 pages. Oof. So like a bathroom read or really, you know, just kind of like over the weekend when you got some spare time. But I'll tell you what, it's got really, really cool nuggets in it. So, and generally speaking, things that Deloitte do, they do really, really well. So take a look at it. Um, second thing, I got some funding stuff that I wanted to kind of go through. There's a firm in the UK called My Vitae, Curriculum Vitae. They raised uh, 1.8 to advance diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives. Mm -hmm. And that's at Tech Funding News, if you want to kind of read more about that. Um, what it really made me think of is the divisiveness now of the word diversity. It, like, like, this is such a nice word. It, ha it has no cruel intentions whatsoever. But it's become like in COVID how masks became polarizing. If you right. wore a mask, you were this. If you didn't wear a mask, you were you this. Were yeah. Right? Diversity has become, for me, and this is just William speaking, um, that was a third-person reference, yes. It was. So, it was. So, <laughs> so the thing is, is like the word diversity has, has now become like a mask. You're either for it or against it in the sense of, you think uh, you could take a position that is it diversity of thought? Is it diversity of this? If it's we're just talking about diversity of race and gender, you know, and then you've got a whole other line of thought that's like, like there's so many different ways to think about diversity. What I've personally kind of come to in this this cultural war, because I think that's what it is, really. It's like abortion, like some of the, you know, same, same sex marriage, et cetera. I think diversity is one of these things. It's a cultural war. I've actually just pulled away from the word diversity and moved to inclusion. And the reason I've done that personally is because I don't think there's a counter argument to inclusion. Not that there's a good counter argument to diversity. It's just, it's, be, it's become polarizing. So I think that um, I mean, you can see that it's being attacked at schools, it's being attacked in, in workplaces, people are being sued that have DEI programs. Like, it's just, that's going to mm -hmm. continue. And they, 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 yeah, they, they do mean different things. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course they do. Well, I, this, I think, this, I think this, people this, have taken, and, and, and I think people have taken, understand, I should say, inclusive more. It's it's a word that they're more comfortable with, maybe. Uh, you, you can't argue against it. You can't yeah. create a credible argument and say we should include everyone. 
Like that's just, there's no way to kind of come back. Now, if you say diversity, it's like, hey, affirmative action has been around for 60 years and you know what, it doesn't work. And whether or not you're right or wrong in that argument, does it matter? You've already got people that are polarized by it. Right. Whereas if you say inclusive, you're still going to, you, you can get equity, equality, belonging, and diversity. You can get those things. All of that. And fits, I think yeah. you, can, you can get there. I just think we need to use a different word or think about potentially using a different word to get to the, some of the same outcomes. Because if not, we're going to get tied up in this cultural right. war of of diversity and what's diversity and who gets to decide what diversity is and blah, blah, blah. And yep. I, I think a way to avoid that is just like, eh, you know what? Diversity is important. Inclusion is more important. Now, if true, make an argument against inclusion. I want to see someone make a credible People will have dumb arguments, but I mean, a credible argument against why we shouldn't be inclusive. Good luck. Yeah. All right, last thing I got on my list, right? is I ran across this this thing on Crunchbase. So it's crunchbase.com. Job market, startups, self-employed gig worker tools. So the title of this was Startups Roll Out More Services for Growing Ranks of Self-Employed and Gig Workers. The article is cool, but then it lists, like the, in the article, it lists this graphic of 10 companies, how much money they've raised, and what part of the market that they're changing as it relates, and in this case, as it relates to gig workers. And so if you're thinking about your talent portfolio, you're thinking about kind of how you look at gig uh, and the gig economy, you're thinking about, okay, there's a, there, I mean, I looked at that list, Ryan, I didn't know a single firm on that list. And that's just 10 that they pulled out. And these are gig, companies hiring gig workers. These are companies that know do the gig technology. They do the gig technology. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. No, okay. and so it's like, it's like, I didn't know any of them. They're not at HR tech. They're not at so-and-so. Like, I didn't know any of them. So go to, uh, you know, it's at news.crunchbase.com. But just, you can you can find them by putting in gig work, self-employed gig workers. I think you should be able to find them that way. But cool thing, again, gig workers not going away. The technology to make that work for, for the enterprise, They're here. I think is, yeah, I think it's I think it's here. And there's, it looks like there's a ton of investment in that space. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today, right? Have we barfed? We barfed. I think we, I think we got it plenty in. Yeah, you had more than me this week, so I, I need to I need to read more. I think is 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 <laughs> is what we're talking about here. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to touch that, man. If you're that. if you're still here, you're still watching. Thank you all so much. Make sure you like, subscribe anywhere you listen to the podcast. Of course, here as well on YouTube. We'll see you next time. 